Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Amen. Starting at verse 1. But before we start, let's review a few things we have learned in Matthew. We know how Jesus was born and we know why. We know he taught on the mount. And he practiced what he taught. When he left, we see also many followed him after and continued to follow. Jesus chose 12 and gave them the same power and authority that he has. Before they exercise this power, they receive instructions. And Jesus continued to practice what he taught. Jesus ended in saying this in Matthew 11, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. For those that follow, he told that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So with that, let's start with verse one. At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn and his disciples were a hungered. And began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciple, do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. You see, back then, the law allowed the plucking of corn on, or on any other day, but it was not allowed and it was forbidden on the Sabbath. They were all so strict with the law that you could do no work on the Sabbath as well. Verse 3 says, But he said unto them, Have you not heard what David did when he was a hungered, and they that were with him? How he entered into the house of God and did eat the shewbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. What Jesus was explaining to them from David's example was necessity freed David from the fault in eating the consecrated bread. Even though the loaves were unleavened and were to be eaten by the priests only, the Hebrews called it bread of faces because it stood before the Lord all the week upon the golden table appointed for that service. Verse 5 says, Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. See, the priests were more engaged on the Sabbath than other days, but they were blameless because they labored in the service of the temple. When the priests do when the priests do good. God's service on the Sabbath day, they do not break the law. So if Jesus is Lord over the Sabbath, how could they break it then? Here is what it says in Mark 2.27. And he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Jesus also says to them in verse 7 and 8 of Matthew 12, but if you had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. 
you would not have condemned the, the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath day. Amen. Verse 9. And when he was departed, thence he went into their, their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him? You see, all these things were taking place on the Sabbath day. The Pharisees were always trying to find a way to trap Jesus. And the world is always going to try to find a way to trap you. This belief of no work on the Sabbath holds true in many different beliefs and places today. Would you believe at one time, nothing was open on Sunday here? Whatever you needed, you had to get it before 11 on Saturday night. I believe that that is one reason we can have three different services on Sunday because there was no place else to go. Now you're now you're doing good just to have someone in one service. Now, here they are about to accuse Jesus of doing a work on the Sabbath. Verse 11, and he said unto them, what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep? And if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. The question is, is the life and health of a man less valuable than of an animal? If your child was stuck in a tree or in a ditch, would you not labor to get them out? Or tell them to stay there until Monday morning. Verse 13. Then saith he to the man. Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth. And it was restored whole like as the other. Four words. Not a longer prayer. And his hand was restored. Then the Pharisees went out. And held a council against him how they might destroy him. They could do nothing by themselves. Just like the law blinded many from the truth then, religion blinds many from seeing Christ today. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence and great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. For the same reason that they followed Christ for what he'd done, People should be drawn to us for what we do. Today, people are looking for who is real. But don't think they won't try to follow and entrap you. Verse 16 says, And charge them that they should not make him known, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, My beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall be not, shall he not break and smoking flax shall he not quench 
till he send forth judgment unto victory. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Amen. Amen. If, I may, if I may say it like this, Jesus has accomplished the work of salvation for us mm-hmm. by the fullness of his spirit. And he has taught us the way of truth and righteousness. Mm-hmm. He does not conquer or control us by force or violence. But as the Prince of Peace, he deals gently with the weak and with affections, he gives us grace and goodness. Verse 22. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him insomuch that the blind and the dumb both spake and saw. Let me say this now. Just because a person cannot see or speak does not make them possess, but in this case, they were. Verse 23 says, And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? Or is this not who the scriptures has been talking about? The very work Jesus was doing, the practice of what he was preaching was convincing, and the Pharisees did not like it. Just like the world does not like it when you begin to learn the true meaning of what the word teaches and begin to exercise it. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. The argument of the Pharisees was he who could control the devils must have an understanding with the devil's master. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? Jesus says this in his defense, not that he needs one. Satan would not lend Jesus his power to use it against himself. And if Satan has power at all, what Satan uses against us is the power of suggestion. He does not have the power to do. Verse 27 says, And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. If Jesus has received power from Satan to destroy his kingdom, it would mean Satan is divided against himself. That is like Putin fighting the Ukraine and he gives Ukraine the weapons to fight his own country. But if I cast out devils by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. So if this work is not by the aid of Satan, it means it is by God. If God forcibly removes Satan from his dominion over men, it means God's reign has come. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? You see, Satan being the strong man armed has taken possession of this world and the souls of men. But Christ is stronger than him. Christ has cast him out of individual hearts. God is taking back those that are his one soul at a time. When Satan is cast out, 
It means that house is swept clean. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me gathereth, scattereth abroad. There is no medium between loving the Lord and loving Satan. If we be on the side of the devil, we must accept to go to the devil's hell. If we are on the side of Christ, we must believe we will go to heaven with him. Very simple. Gather not with me scattered abroad. It is said, if we do not help gather his flock into the fold, then we are the ones who wish to scatter them. So and gain an opportunity to steal and destroy them. Anybody not preaching the gospel. Anyone not believing in the resurrection of Jesus. Anyone not declaring Jesus to be the Christ is scattering and not gathering. Now, verse 31. Wherefore, I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. All sin has the same weight. But there is one sin that is worse. God is sensitive about his spirit who he has sent to help us. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. This can be a touchy scripture that can be misunderstood. And it can have different revelations depending on the subject. But what I see and understand here is, it means when seeing the work of God being done by the Spirit of God, if you give credit that this work is being done by Satan, if you notice in the previous verse, this is what the Pharisees had done. If you give credit to the, this work, this is to attribute his miracles to the power of the devil. Verse 33 says, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his spirit. The works will reveal the heart. Nothing good can proceed from an evil heart, evil spirit. So don't give an evil spirit credit for what God's spirit does. No good fruit can proceed from a corrupt heart. Check the intents of the evil heart and you will find the reason for what they do, what they do. Old generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. This is another reason to be quick to hear and slow to speak. If you allow a person to talk long enough, you will easily be able to locate where they are, what they believe and what they know. A good man out of the good treasures of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasures bringeth forth evil things. Let me say this as another writer spoke it. The good man out of his good store gives good things. And the evil man out of his evil store gives evil things. Now think about it. If you went to Macy's, Lord and Taylor, Fifth Avenue, you expect the salesperson to give good quality items. 
But if you go to a pawn shop, swap shop, or yard sale, you will not find the quality. Father God and Jesus Christ, by the Holy Ghost, gives us good things and only good things. Mm -hmm. Satan and his devils cannot and will not give you anything good. He is here to steal, kill, and destroy. Verse 36. But I say unto you, that every idle word that a man shall speak, that should give an account therein, thereof, in the day of judgment. This is another reason, again, to be quick to hear and slow to speak. For by the words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. When people read this, oftentimes they become fearful and don't want to say anything. But God has not given us the spirit of fear. Mm -hmm. And he knows our hearts and thought afar off. As an encouragement, let your speech be always seasoned with salt. That is with wisdom. We have all said things sometimes that we should not. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We are forever learning to remove the death and speak the life. As we grow, we learn to examine our speech. Remember when you have the mind of Christ, you should not condemn yourself with the words of others. That includes your mind of condemnation. Many times we condemn ourselves. Remember, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. As you grow in Christ, by his spirit, he will lead you, guide you, show you, and teach you. So whatever it is you should not say or speak, he will make it known to you by his spirit. And if you make a mistake or forget or error, you have an advocate. That the advocate and that advocate is Jesus Christ, who is our mediator, who died for us by his blood. He saved us. But saints, remember, this does not give us a license to sin. So whatever it is we are forgiven, for, whatever it is we've done, we are forgiven for. Mm -hmm. There is not, there's a lot more that can be said about this scripture, but much more revelation of this scripture. But we say this so you may be comforted in knowing as the children of God, the words you speak will be justified and not spoken in ignorance or judgment and condemnation. Verse 38 says, Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we will see a sign from thee. Everybody is looking for a sign. Just like being on a beach looking for sand, it's all around you. The signs are all around us and are written in the scriptures. Verse 39 says, But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after, uh, after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. Mm -hmm. He says here, Adulterous generation, because the relationship of the Jews to God was often re represented as a marriage contract. God is the husband and the Jews Jewish people as the wife. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, 
so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. God was not difficult of confirming and encouraging his people faith by signs. He gave Gideon a sign upon his asking for one. He gave Hezekiah one. And Ahaz a sign without asking. But he had already given the Pharisees signs enough and sufficient to convince them, but they would not believe. To be in the grave to us would be to sleep or rest until that day. But even in natural death of the flesh, it was not rest for our Savior. If you look at 1 Peter 3, 18 and 19, it says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. He suffered for those that were right and wrong. Verse 19 says, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. First Peter 4 and 6 says, also, for for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. It goes on to say in 1 Peter 3.20, which sometimes were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. If I may briefly explain it this way, it is commonly believed, and I believe this as well, there are ten generations from Adam to Noah that the long suffering of God might appear. For each of these generations provoked him to anger. While the ark was being prepared, only Noah's family believed all the rest perished in the water. Though many of them, while the rains descended and waters daily increased, undoubtedly many humbled themselves before God and called for mercy and received it. But as they had not repented at the preaching of Noah, the ark closed and the great deep broken up. They lost their lives though God might have extended mercy to their souls. Therefore, while Jesus was in the grave for the, that period of time, he spoke to them in prison, which is the grave. So the mercy of God could be extended to all. Saints, with that, I thank you for your time.